pussy, my biggest pussy, I keep the lord of the flies. In my pussy, my big ass pussy, the fat kid dies tonight. Hell yes, dude. <laughs> Glad to see that actualized. Welcome to your favorite podcast, Death Metal. <gasps> Not a fun one, dude. I got a feeling I'm about to. This is my fourth beer, I think. Yeah. Worked out eight. We've been hanging around watching heavy metal videos. Mm-hmm. And what I think is going to happen is we're going to have too much fun with a serious topic. That's okay. That's people what, are going to be very mad about it, dude. That's what people tuned in for, man. <laughs> yeah, we're doing the Tulsa Race Massacre. Nothing fun there. At first, when you sent me this, I was like, damn, man, there was a massacre at a NASCAR race? That's, all That's what you think about when you think yeah, about yeah. Oklahoma and shit, but no, no, no. They tried to start the race war. Have you seen the new Watchmen? Not a little bit of it. That's basically a fictionalized account of a true event. About this. It's insane this happened. It's insane that more people don't know that it happened. Sure. It's one of those... American history, you would never hear about this in high school. Now it's not a good time to space bag. Let me get through the intro and then you can space bag. We just want to give a big fucking space of time to our goddamn sponsors. If you want to get pepped up, if you want to rage against the machine, if you want to take on the man, you can't do it with bags under your eyes. You got to get plenty of sleep, wake up in the morning, and go at it fresh. CavemanCoffeeCo.com can definitely get you in the right headspace to wreck shit. You got to get over-caffeinated sometimes. You got to get the shit out of your body, and you got to put your feet on the floor. If you don't like doing that on Monday morning, welcome to being anybody that's alive right now. If you want to face the day charged up and have enough energy to get some fucking pussy on the way home, CavemanCoffeeCo.com. They got the beans that make you cream. I worked it overnight last night. Had one of those vanilla lattes on the way home. Should have had one now because you're. I'm talking at seven. You're talking at two. Oh, can you come to five? An Italian five. Yes. Okay. I worked it overnight last night. Yeah. You know, okay, P here. <laughs> Drazzed. You got yeah. pumped. Yeah. You had no problems. None. I got a beach, man. It was a good time. You got sucked? Yeah, dude, right after a caveman. Your caveman sucked you? I wish. They would draw they would draw on a cave about it. Dude, they they put stink lines on it, dude. Would, you know, like you got those old shitty ass twenty five cent fucking popsicles that were in those little shitty plastic bags. Yeah. You know, like the that one kid could just suck it all out at once and eat it. I never saw that. I did when I was a kid. Someone sucked all the popsicle out? Yeah, they sucked all the popsicle out of my dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? But they what did they deep throat it? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I was like a fourth it's too grade. cold, man. Yeah, the girl was like, I don't get cold cold tooth, that's what she said. I don't get cold tooth. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, That's not true. Yeah. I was like, because everybody gets just, that <gasps> shit. And she just fucking I was like, what the fuck? Dude, there was a... I didn't even know what a blowjob was. No, me either. There was a girl in our neighborhood, and I'm thinking that we were probably in fifth grade, maybe, sixth grade. Yeah. And she would hang out. There was like three dudes and a girl, two girls. One girl that was big, but she rocked. She had a trampoline at her house. Yeah. And a stereo. I guess she didn't tramp enough. She was super cool, man. She's tramping now. She was, yeah. She was one of the dogs for sure. We trampoline, shoot fireworks. Her mom always would give us snacks and shit. Loudspeakers. Her house rocked. Anyway, the other girl. Just one day, she was like, "I could give you all boners." 
and and just sucked everyone's finger like back to back to back. It was crazy. Did you get a boner? Yes, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. it was wild. So it was your finger first? Yeah, I, I, because I didn't like I didn't the whole dynamic of what was going on. She didn't suck your finger first. Was it the big girl sucked your finger first? No. Why did you say that? I was just saying. Well, the other one wouldn't <laughs> suck your finger first. Was she the one that everybody wanted to date? Not really. No. Okay, was she hotter than the other one? Yeah, I guess. Okay, but they so were. They, what you're saying? She I mean, sucked fifth, your this finger is fifth first, grade, brother. She sucked your finger first. Why are you trying to take a shit on me right now? I'm just saying. <laughs> you're so much like, uglier know, than people me, dude. Don't, people don't fucking go. You look like Teddy Rubskin, bro. No, relax. No, no, no. You do look like Teddy Rubskin. You look like fucking uh, Castle Grayskull, dude. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's worse. That's hard. <laughs> Teddy Rubskin's not hard at all. Oh, well. You're saying out of everybody else, she goes, I'll suck yours first. I think she was just going in order, man. We're like sitting on the trampoline, and it's just the way it lined up. <laughs> oh, you cut everybody else off. No, dude. We were sitting. Like, it just. So what you're saying is everybody else got their finger sucked. You were last, and you no. had their finger grease and <laughs> no. her spit on uh-uh. yours. That's not what happened at all. I don't believe any of this shit. That's fine. <laughs> I don't care. Like how you're not wearing your pit vipers people paid for. It's we're not being filmed. Yeah, it's nighttime. Well, you know, you know, fashion's fashion, no matter what time. You got yours off. Yeah, but mine are on the table. Sure, but we're not filming, so. But when they get serious, I'll put them on. Yeah, yeah. It's it's honestly hard to read wearing them. Is the I got you. The big problem. They're like I think they're blue light blocking, so you can't see the phone screen real well, real well with them. You gotta get those clear ones, dude. No, I like them. I'm glad. I don't want to see a screen. I'm screened out. Any fucking way, man. This shit. Tulsa Race Massacre. Mind blower. It was also called the Tulsa Race Riot, the Greenwood Massacre, or the Black Wall Street Massacre. It took place May 31st and June 1st, 1921, when mobs of white residents, many of them deputized and given weapons by city officials, attacked black residents and businesses of the Greenwood District in Tulsa. It has been called the single worst incident of racial violence in American history. The attack carried out on the ground and from private aircraft. Think about that, dude. They got, they got carpet bombed by private aircraft. It destroyed more than 35 square blocks of the district, which was the wealthiest black community in the United States of America. That's why they called it Black Wall Street. More than 800 people were admitted to hospitals and as many as 6,000 black residents were interned in large facilities, many of them for several days. The Oklahoma Bureau of Vital Statistics officially recorded 36 dead, 26 black, and 10 white. And that's their Oklahoma official report. So, honestly, who the fuck knows? A 2001 commission estimated that there was more likely on the low end 100 and on the high end 300 non-recorded deaths. Bananas. Aircraft. That's crazy. It was a dog shit time in America. It's dog shit time now. What? what that's true. That? And was that's that why cream I'm telling you, dude, there's a cream ghost around. Dude, we found cream today in Chris's garage. Yeah, I was... I'm so paranoid to talk about lifting weights now because I get roasted for it. But we were in the garage. I went out of the garage. I had to go to the toilet. Came back probably five minutes maximum away. Stepped on the deadlift platform. Looked forward. Buddy was sitting on the bench in front of me. To the left of him, I noticed a giant pile of cream. Which, you know... (laughs) What I think happened is Buddy spit a loogie over there. I don't. Or blew a snot rocket. You definitely blow a snot rocket. Yeah, but I, but you would know. You know, that's the thing. I would know because there was a giant fucking pile of cream. You couldn't hear me. Do not blow a snot I was rocket. inside, man. Why did I do it right there? I'm like, fuck this Cause shit. Because you're an asshole. I am, but I would never do that. You were that. farting and rubbing your nuts and asshole on my bench earlier when I was asking yeah, you. Yeah, but you were in here. Repeatedly not to. So you you were trying to make a case that snot rocketing on some of my stuff is beyond you. No, I would do it in front of you. 
<laughs> no, I don't think so. I would. You'd get swung on. Well, well what? Fine, I'll work up a fucking rocket and blow it on you. And I'll beat you up. Well, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and uh, say this because you forgot. You can say it with a voice that the people can hear, sure. The next space bag, Chug, goes out to beerbong.com. Oh, shit. Type in DMD20 at checkout, and you get you an old 20%er off. Same thing with Caveman Coffee. Drop the yeah. ball on that. You get 15% off if you type in DMD20. Caveman, yep. If you keep buying stuff from cavemancoffeeco.com, we'll get you up to 20%. Yeah, you guys got to buy from it, though. Also working on a cool Ted Bundy dildo sponsorship. Is too. that rosé? Uh, no, it's a. Uh, it's real pink. Something blush. That's a blush. Yeah. You bought a blush? I don't, dude. I, Is it Boda Box? No, man. Some dog shit like St. John's or whatever. Franzia. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But they just bring. They give you more for cheap. My wife doesn't like fucking. It's like the same price as Boda Box. No, it's not. That's true. It's no, half it's the price. Not. But Boda Box is better. Yeah, there's not more, though. It's the same size. A Boda four Box. bottles. Yeah, Boda Box is four bottles. Is it? Some of them are two, if you get the... I think there's like six. I don't know. Anyway, proceed. Yeah. All right. But you see, you're space bagging on a podcast. That's not really... I'm guessing that's 20 ounces of wine you're facing right now. It was a quarter of the way full when he came over. So that was a whole bottle, at least. I drank, like, fucking six mason jars of that shit the other night. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Yeah, it's not good, dude. It's like when you get a bad orange juice at the So your wife doesn't school. like Boda Box? Uh, she she does, but, she, like, Boda Box doesn't really make any good sweet. Oh, you don't have any sweets, really. I that shit's all them. sweet as fuck. Man, the one I always get that is that black one, and it's not. No, that's not. That it's good. sweet, but it's strong. Yeah, she doesn't have, like, a palate for alcohol. She's not a drinker, you know. She doesn't like to drink. So why is she drinking? She will every once in a while. But okay. Not. But I'm saying she doesn't have, like, a palate for it. Yeah. She wants, like, like, a smear I'll device. smoke weed every once in a while, but I don't give a fuck what it is. Head, broccoli. Yeah, man, I hate head broccoli, man. Not for you. Not my thing. Tulsa Race Massacre, 1921. Go back in time and see what Oklahoma streets were like. Racially, socially, and politically, there was a tense atmosphere. Of course, the First World War ended in 1918. Lots of ex-servicemen came home. People still remember the Civil War. It's crazy to think that the First World War and the Civil War weren't that far apart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Just the way that the the country was shaped. Civil rights for black Americans, of course, were negative 10. They were in the dumpster. I mean, they didn't hardly exist. I mean, they didn't not hardly, they just didn't exist. Black people were free quote-unquote, to do what they wanted to, but they have no way to get ahead, no rights that a white person would have, yeah, no opportunity. Really, yeah, they didn't really have, like, could do whatever they wanted to. They just... They didn't get... Well, they had no chance to make money. Yeah. Couldn't own property, couldn't vote, couldn't get a good job. They just weren't allowed. Tulsa was a booming oil city. So because of that, I mean, it, that was like a physically demanding job, and it offered a lot of African-Americans at the time. Can you not do that, dude? You did it to me. I'm barely stretching out. <laughs> this is going to be one of those, dude. I'm going to suck your toes. <laughs> they were able to get a lot of oil jobs at the time. So that ended up to where there are more educated black Americans, more professional black Americans. I mean, a lot of people were using their oil money to open up their own business, hence staying Black Wall Street. You had a lot of privately owned. It was basically 
uh, that area of town became a black society, a nice place. The only fucking diverse bastion in American history at that time. Sure. Combination of factors played into the part of rising tensions that led to the massacre. I mean, and look at it this way. You know, you had a lot of people coming back from fighting in World War One. That's not a lucrative career. They probably had PTSD and felt displaced. I'm definitely not excusing it. I'm just trying to explain that uh, a lot of angry white guys left. Angry white guys just came back angrier. And then became jealous of the affluence of what they had left where 10 years before that time they wouldn't have been allowed to do anything. Oklahoma had a racially, socially, and politically tense atmosphere. Sorry, my wife came in to smoke weed again and threw the whole thing off track. So I'm just trying to wrestle back into contention. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we gunned. Shotgunned. One, so getting all that burp up. Anyway, territory of northern Oklahoma had been established for the resettlement of Native Americans from the southeast, some of whom had come to own slaves. Now that, again, this is something you don't learn about in history class. No. But that's irony, right? That's something you'd call ironic. Well, yeah, but, you know, it's like people will, they're pissed when they're like, well, black people don't vote. Well, it's like, well, yeah. Like, there's a reason for that because you don't teach this kind of shit in history. Yeah. For one. Nothing to trust. And then you're like, oh, you guys are free, but guess what? You're not going to be able to vote, and you're also not going to have a voice. You're not going to be able to sit on the bus the way we get to sit. You're not going to get to drink out the same water fountain. You cannot use the same bathrooms. As I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they weren't allowed to vote until, like, 1960. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but it's just like, I mean, but but that's also a failure of our system because we weren't taught that kind of shit, you know? Right. Yeah, but you never like, learned in history class, hey, we didn't allow black people to vote for a while. Yeah. <laughs> we owned them. But, you know, it's like even even after this, World War II, you know, we kept Asian people in, in camps because we were afraid of them. So yeah, well, they bring viruses over, so. Yeah. <laughs> Right, oh right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't uh, can't do a big like racial culture war podcast and not dump on one of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fair's fair. I was gonna take on the uh, first Americans, but Asians will do. Aren't they the same? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just uh, they walked over on that land bridge. And they brought you know because they try to blame settlers for bringing over smallpox, but dude. We know where viruses come from. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's going to make a fucking... Dude, there's some idiot out there that will be like, if you look back into the history times and you'd see where the Asians walked over on the Bering Land Bridge and they settled here and they tried to blame the white man for bringing smallpox. But guess what? They were over here shooting arrows at bats the same way as they are now, getting all types of weird diseases. (laughs) <laughs> Passing them on. Yeah, but they had medicine, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were just making bat potions, dude. Yeah. They were trying to cure the bat curse. Bat head. <laughs> uh, <wolf> bane. <laughs> oh, God damn it, dude. Imagine living in a world where you think that everybody except for white people are right, man. In a world where white people. Did you see that video of that guy going to uh, to? um, No three six mafia. You know what I mean. Imagine just living in a world where you don't like three six mafia. Yeah, dude. Harrison. See the video of the dude went to Harrison. Yes, I sure did. That's some crazy shit. Come on, folks. We gotta go and get filmed with us holding a sign that says Jesus was gay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm down. Dude, that would be fucking hilarious. Yeah, all those people were trying to act so hard. It was like a little... Uh, but, it'd be, but like have a picture of black Jesus? Having gay sex? Yeah. No, because they would like that. Because it's black Jesus. Uh, you know what I'm saying? White Jesus fucked. We could have black Jesus getting fucked. We could have white Jesus getting fucked by black Jesus. <laughs> oh, dude. My God. I'm down, man. bro. I'll do that. The way, yeah, I mean, it was every person in Harrison... Had something to say. 
Yeah, the one guy pulled up and goes, you better not be here in 10 minutes. What is your fat fucking ass going to do? But I tell you what, though, that one guy that was like telling him, he was like, you better not do this after when it gets dark. He's right. Yeah. He's right. I'm not afraid. I'm not either, but they got, you know what a gun does? I got guns. I'll take my gun. It's Harrison. You can, number one, it's, it's completely legal to conceal carry in Arkansas. No, open carry. No, conceal carry. Don't get into this with me, dude. Just let it go. All right, though. Anyway, completely legal to conceal carry in Arkansas. I've got a 40. I'll put it in my pocket. <laughs> like, what are they going to do? Yeah. I mean, a bunch of fucking racist people. They don't know what they're doing. You dude, they're country people. What do you mean they don't know what they're doing? <laughs> I've never shot a gun. That's all they know how to do. That's not true, but what? Yeah, that's true. Whatever, but not the cool way. I know how to shoot a gun probably better than you do. That's fine. Bring your gun. I got a shoddy. Quit being a pussy. I'm not a pussy. You're the one being scared. You make pizza. After dark, so? I don't do that. What's that got to do with anything? I do crazy shit for a job. Yeah, but I destroy you. In making pizzas. In combat. Listen, so what point are you trying to make? You trying to hate fuck me? No. I'm just asking what the point you're making I, is. But, but combat is, there's several different forms of it. One of them you're not <laughs> skilled in. Gun? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> That's the fair point. I could take a gun away. I don't want to get skinnered, dude. <laughs> yeah. Me neither. I could take a gun away, too. I'm not fucked up about that, but they got to be close, man. Yeah. <laughs> Those boys ain't getting They're close. also not going to shoot at us. I don't know, dude. The, I know. The police department is got to be racist there. Sure, but they're not going to shoot at you Yeah, for holding a sign, It's not gonna, especially on camera. But it was wild how many people would just pull up and on camera say something. Well, dude, the Walmart, he went to the Walmart, and the yeah. Walmart told me he couldn't do that. Yeah. They're like, nope. Not here, brother. Yep. Get your ass out of here. You go to Little Rock. That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> Told him to go to Little Rock. Yeah. <laughs> like, what does that mean? <laughs> Damn, dude, what a world. Yeah, we should go up there and troll those fucking idiots. Yeah, dude, I'm down. It's already happened once, though, so they're going to be hip to it. They probably don't watch the internet like that. But not like that, dude. Black Jesus with a <laughs> yeah. fucking rod yeah. cream and white Jesus. Yeah. Jesus was gay. White Jesus was gay as hell, dude. Yeah. If a woman washes your feet and you don't get hard, gay. You're not pure. That's the way I'm trying to make it seem like he never did. The, he never was aroused by a woman and never had intercourse with a woman because he was a pure being. No, no way, dude. Doesn't matter how pure you are, if a woman, if you, especially if you've never fucked before, or never even seen a titty, or never had your dick touched at all, you know how horny you're gonna be if you're 33 years old and you never nutted. Washing your feet, 33. You're gonna be so hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I remember a time, dude, where if I held a girl's hand, I would be rock, rock hard. Yeah. For so long. Well, think about this. There wasn't. Any, it felt like I would. What was about to come in my pants. There's no such thing as BPAs in the Lord's time, dude. What's a BPA? Yeah, you know, the shit in the water bottles that's supposed to fucking like fuck your uh, testosterone levels up. That never happened to me. Yeah, dude. But the thing is, is like back, it, even our grandparents' time, great grandparents' time, testosterone levels were real high. Think about it in the Lord's time, and that guy never came. Yeah. At one time. No. And he had all those cool magic tricks where he could, like, take one fish and feed a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah, you Somebody, have. Well, dude, if you do dude, magic, you have sex. Yeah, man. Chris Angel. David Blaine, like that, David Blaine was job. on the fucking Lolita Express. Yeah. Tim Dillon had the the best tweet I've ever seen this week. The greatest tweet of all. I don't use Twitter. Someone posted it on Instagram. Said uh, Trump shut TikTok down. So if you want to see sixteen-year-olds dance, you got to get on a plane with Bill Clinton. Oh my god! <laughs> you see where Bill Clinton was like, I never went there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Remember when you said that you didn't get sucked off? Yeah. Hey, Monica Lewinsky was and is hot. She's hot now. She was hot then, and she is hot now. Wow. That's what America doesn't talk about enough. 
She had huge cans. Yeah. Huge ass. She's. A, a, I mean, I would rather get sucked off by her than Hillary. Oh, yeah. You think, dude. I, dude, she's hotter than any first lady. You know, there's like this whole thing with like Hillary where she was a comp, communist in college. And that basically they were matched so up she together. She had a bowl cut. Yeah. Basically, they were matched up together because it was like the best play for the Illuminati. Yeah. That's a conspiracy theory. I believe it now. I believe it too. I mean, like they're you, not in. They're not like in love. No way. There's no way they could be. How come Chelsea's not attractive at all? Uh, her mom is Hillary Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hillary's gross, brother. Dude, it's so gross. Yeah. Hot damn. Whew. Well, sisters, or is it mothers of darkness? Castle in Belgium, yeah. where she attends blood <laughs> rituals. <laughs> but let's keep this rolling. This is what I'm afraid of with a serious topic like this. But it sucks. We're trying to lay the groundwork for the way the world is. I mean, it, it where we drifted off trail. I don't want to overlook how wild this is. But dude, Native Americans. For what's the right term? First Americans. I don't fucking know. Whatever. I don't give a shit. I'm trying. First Americans. They. They did get driven out. I mean, they were they had Florida all the way to Arkansas, basically. I mean, Texas, all the good spots in the south belonged to First Americans. They got driven out. They had to walk the Trail of Tears, sent them to Oklahoma. And Oklahoma is a piece of shit. It's bad farming land. It fucking sucks. There's nothing good about Oklahoma. I mean, even before it was Oklahoma. When it was just the land area. It sucked. So that's what they gave to the Native Americans. Is fuck. There's the piece of shit. Yeah. Classic move. Like, oh, don't worry, guys. You can all have this. You can build casinos, whatever. But then they ended up owning slaves. <laughs> First thing I want to do. Own them, slave them. Damn. Yep. They did it. Come on. Why don't we talk about that shit in history class, dude? I don't know. I mean, for the reason we're talking about it now. We're the history class. Welcome to it. Oh, God, dude. (laughs) Other areas had received many settlers from the South whose families had been slaveholders before the Civil War. The newly created, sorry, Oklahoma was admitted as a state November 16th, 1907. Again, ironic that it was about Thanksgiving time. The newly created state legislator passed racial segregation laws, commonly known as Jim Crow laws, as its literal first order of business. First things first, fellas, got to put Jim Crow right here. And I'm pretty sure, we talked about it before, I'm pretty certain... Could be wrong. I'm not that smart. I remember reading about Jim Crow not that long ago. Jim Crow basically was their blackface. Black people did blackface. Did you know that? No. Black people did blackface, but white people stole it from black people. I think they were called minstrel shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. White people stole it from black people. And then a performer, I think this is the way this is. I could Google it right now, but I'm reading these fucking notes. I could sound dumb. You can correct me on this. I'm not an expert in any way. But this is the way I read it, and it blew me away. That Jim Crow, I believe, was a minstrel show performer, and somebody stole his act. So they were like, we'll help you. And the way they helped was by being like, white people over here, white people over here. Man, my uh, my parents went to uh, Washita College. Yeah. And uh, that's... That's not too far away from Hot Springs. It's in Arkadelphia. You're talking about OB, o- Washtenaw Baptist University? Yeah, which is a Christian college. And my grandma told me this story one time, and I never thought about it until now because I was raised by people from several generations back. <coughs> she told me about how they got scared to death because this lady did blackface and put a candle up to her face and chased them all down the hall during a power <laughs> outage. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Now that now that I think about it, that is some wild shit. Yeah, you know, like they were like, "There's a black in here in the fucking." Front. 
dude. I didn't even think of it that way. I was just thinking that it was like dark, so she got dark. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. about to be like, "That's not so bad," but now that you said dude, it, that's that what I'm saying. Whoa. And my grandma was not racist ever, but like, you know, the times were just fucking. That's all yeah. you saw in the media, you know. That's always been uh, a weird thing to me about my grandparents is that they are. My grandpa was so anti-racism, and uh, I don't know what brought it about. I mean, he grew up in Arkansas, in like deep Arkansas, but they weren't really around that many people. But he's always had kind of a fucking liberal tinge to him. Weird, man. He liked Bernie a bunch. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm with it. It's just weird. I don't, you know, that generation, you don't don't expect that sort of thing. Well, both of them were super liberal, but like, it was basically. Your grandpa was liberal. My grandpa was liberal liberal because of my grandpa. He was not liberal. He voted Democrat. Yeah, but he was that's he was was a yellow dog Democrat, dude. Yeah. No, he was for sure. I know. He he was like a Clinton guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he wasn't liberal, man. Nope. Oh, that's hilarious. So there's like, somebody in blackface running around. Yeah. And my grandma gets scared. Who man. let the poop out? Who? I used to just scare the hell out of her all the time. I don't know how scared she gets. You scared me earlier. Yeah, you're pretty you good at are a lot of Is that where you got the skills? Yeah, I mean, I've been practicing a long time. Yeah. I put her nightgown on one time. <laughs> <laughs> And I had a wig that was like hers. Yeah. And I put a bunch of face paint on. <laughs> and I came down the hallway and I go, Lois. <laughs> and she goes, Mom? Because her. Oh, my God. Just, that was the first instinct. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> well, because her, her mom, who had uh, Alzheimer's, lived with us, too. That's terrifying. Yeah, dude. And so, <laughs> so she goes in the hall and thinks it's her. And I go, and I'm here. And she goes. Mom, <laughs> and I was like squatted down on the floor, and I stood up, and she goes, "That's not." And then she runs, and then she goes, "Buddy, stop it!" <laughs> Damn, dude, fucking with your grandma rocks. I miss that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so old, so easy to get. Yeah, first fucking order of Oklahoma business, dude. We gotta segregate this shit. So that segregated all rail travel, all voter registration, and the rules basically disenfranchised any black people that would have come to the area. That meant they were barred from serving on juries in local office. The laws were enforced until after passage the Federal Voting Rights Act of 1965. So I wasn't that far off, dude. Yeah. God, that is a fucking stain. In the early 20th century, lynchings were common in Oklahoma as part of a continuing effort to assert and maintain white supremacy. Between the declaration of statehood and the massacre 13 years later, at least 31 people were lynched in Oklahoma. 26 were black. On August 4th, 1916, Tulsa passed an ordinance that mandated residential segregation by forbidding blacks or white from residing on any block where three-fourths or more of the residents were members of the other race. As returning veterans tried to re-enter the labor market following World War I, social tensions and anti-black sentiment increased in cities where job competition was high. At the same time, black veterans pushed to have their civil rights enforced, believing that they had earned full citizenship by military service. And what became known as the Red Summer of 1919, industrial cities across the Midwest and Northeast experienced severe race riots in which whites, sometimes including authorities, would attack black communities. In Chicago and other cities, blacks defended themselves for the first time with force, but often they were outnumbered. It's just such a fucking bummer. Yeah. That black people could join the military the same as white people, but then when they got home, they're like, "Yeah, don't forget where you belong at." Well, you got to think too, man. Think about the time we live in, where everything is pretty con- pretty much controlled by the media, for so, sure. So, th- like, white people feel justified because the media is feeding into that, and then black people don't really have a voice, uh, you know, except for. You what know, about Bar- Candace Owens, dude? Yeah, well, oh, yeah. <laughs> they have, like, uh, MLK and Malcolm X and the Black Panther Party eventually, where the Black Panther Party was pretty, like, 
you know, no, we're not going to do this shit, and we're going to police our own people, and if you're not going to protect us, we will. That's the move. Yeah, dude. And, and so it's like, I'm with it. Like, I would never be a shithead and be like, I'm a Black Panther. I'm I'm 100% down with community policing. Yeah. And, and you know, it's like, you know, protecting yourself or whatever, but then, like, you're white and you're raised. Like, I just told you, my grandma was never, she was not racist, man. Like, she, did I have. I think I, your grandpa did enough for the both of them. Yeah, for sure. But he was like, you know, he pretty much went along with her, and he was trying to be not that way. He was, I, a, he was a cop. It's not like the yeah. the I. It was just what he, the product of what he was around. It was a fraternity, so he had, definitely, you know, he, he had no, to no. I, yeah. Did I black brainwashing? Brainwashing, and then also it's like, in the time frame, it's how it is. It's like I had black friends, Mexican friends. They all stayed at my house and shit. My grandma loved them all the same. My dad did that too. I mean, dude. He never like he he was never just like this is that you know but he was like police racist yeah 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 it was like if you were black and got pulled over he might but, catch a couple you know my grandma was afraid of somebody in blackface though you know what I'm saying like because yeah. of that but that's we're she talking, may not have connected it to we're that. talking the 1950s yeah my grandma was going to college back then that's what I'm saying yeah you know so let's not shit on your grandma out of context no 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 I'm I'm, I'm basically saying she wasn't. And that's why, sure, you know. but the night that was just life as is. It was just fear, you know. Absolutely. There, but the media a hundred percent pushed narrative. I mean, there was comic strips and newspapers <clears throat> where black people would be. They would just make them out to be. It's where kind of the the. What's a like good way to explain this? So, no, I, like a lot of times, black people are more athletic. Yeah, it's but. When white people are equally athletic or Asian people are equally athletic, it's all about genetics. It's still not a race thing. It's a genetic. Yeah. So if you have good genes, no matter what side of the coin you're on, you will excel at athletics. I mean, some people have the genetic makeup to be a great runner. So if you have long legs in a powerful posterior chain, you're going to be good at running, which can make you good at basketball, which can make you good at football. Can make you good at anything. Which a lot of times your genetics can be just they they can be formed into a certain activity you do over and over. Exactly. Your if you had if you're six generations of basketball player, yeah. Again, it, it doesn't have anything to do with race particularly. Uh, sometimes it has to do with what area of the world you come from, like those spots in Africa where everyone's a seven foot tall, fucking. Can run twenty miles in five minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's genetic. Or, that's know, because if, it's if a necessity. You're, if you're a fucking piece of shit slave owner and you make a bunch of black people work their ass off right. all the time. And you breed, you take the strongest ones and bring them together. Yeah. Sure. And that's a shit trait, but it's anyway, my my point being is that 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 can be a dangerous stereotype. Fuck, I forgot how I even ended up there. What was I talking about? Help me out. Buddy, I don't know. Dude. You you're lost too. I'm the honkler. I can't drink this much. I uh, fuck. I was making a good point for sure. God, damn. it pretty much just goes comes down to like, it's, if somebody else that doesn't look like you does something better than you. Yes, you know exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean exactly, and that's that's the world that this was. That's I in a long fight. I might have missed one point I was making, but I'm trying. What I'm trying to get at is the, the tension with veterans coming back and them being in traditionally white areas. Well, you're probably dealing with stronger people. If you own the oil business, right, and you had to hire people to work for eight-hour days and you needed X amount of work done, you're going to hire who works harder. Yeah. And I don't know if this makes me sound shitty or if we can recognize that this is just the facts. Exactly what you said where – there are black people that were specifically bred with the strongest that they were around, which sucks. That's terrible. But that that does but that doesn't change the way that it was, right? Yeah. They were harder workers, better workers. That was the better person for you to hire. A stronger, physically better person. And also could come from they were coming from a poorer environment. They didn't have the ability to buy a bunch of food. So they're probably in better shape. They weren't overeating. Well, they're also also their minds develop way different because it's all about survival, dude. Yeah, I'm like I know, 
in several jobs, especially in the caregiving business, man, like I, I've had a, I've had several talks with like, especially when I worked in drug rehab with white power people that come in for meth and they're like, you know, I don't want to be around this many black people, this and that. And it's like, it was, they, they don't work hard. And I was like, that's bullshit. Because a lot of them would get off their job, even if they worked an overnight shift, and they would go to another job and work. Yeah. And, I, and like, even with my job now, dude, it's like, I had a buddy last night tell me he was going to go to Best Buy and work tomorrow, and we worked from 11 at night until 8 in the morning, and he was going to go Jesus work. Jesus Christ. You know, and I was like, what the fuck, man? So all those, like, myths that come into racism are bullshit. Always. They're bullshit. But the point is that I make it here is that they, this is making white people jealous. They can't compete in the hard work field at, at this particular time in 1920s, which makes sense to me because we're one generation out from slavery, right? Yeah. So people who have been forced to work come to find out they can work hard as fuck now. Taking the jobs, that's the way white people are feeling, so they're pissed off. That's what's driving tensions up. That's why you're dealing with uh, northeastern Oklahoma. They were in an economic slump. That increased unemployment. Since 1915, the Ku Klux Klan had been growing in urban chapters all across the country. The first time they showed up in Oklahoma was August 12, 1921. By the end of 1921, there was 3,200 residents of Oklahoma in the Klan, card-carrying members. The city's population of Tulsa, I said Oklahoma, I meant to say Tulsa. They had 3,200 residents out of 72,000 residents. That's a bad percentage. Yeah. Greenwood was a district in Tulsa which was organized in 1906 following Booker T. Washington's 1905 tour of Arkansas, Indian Territory, and Oklahoma. It was a namesake of the Greenwood district that Washington had established as his own demonstration in Tuskegee, Alabama five years earlier. Greenwood had become so prosperous that it became known as the Black Wall Street. Black Americans had created their own businesses and services in this enclave, including several grocery stores, two of their own newspapers, two of their own movie theaters, nightclubs, and numerous churches. Black professionals, including doctors, dentists, lawyers, and clergy, served their peers. Most black Americans lived together in the district during Washington's trip to Tulsa in 1905. Washington encouraged the cooperation, economic independence, and excellence being demonstrated there. Greenwood residents selected their own leaders and raised capital there to support economic growth. And it's absurd that white people around them would get jealous because the only reason that they weren't providing these services to the white community was because of the law that they were forced to live under. Sure. You made them be segregated, so you can't get mad when they thrive. Does that make sense? Yeah. You said you can't be in our area if it's populated by three-fourths white people, you, and we, won't, we can't be in your area. Well, if you it's, got to think, too, man. It's like you, you're not even giving them the information about, like, what – what they can and can't do except for in that community. So like on a legal standpoint, uh, for instance, Black Panthers, but once they figured out that it was like, no, we can arm ourselves. We're allowed to. It says in the constitution, we're allowed to. Yeah. Okay. So whenever Juneteenth, you know, like the whole celebration of that, it was basically like people riding around, black people riding around horses go, Hey, you guys are free now. This isn't real. Yeah. You know, but it was, but they still like a lot of, months in advance they were still working because they didn't know no clue and they didn't want to let them know right and that's a lot of the issue in this time period is people had to go hey you know like we can do this we're allowed to do this somebody but and that was booker t washington's whole deal yeah he wanted to let people know hey it's all out there for you every amenity that america has to offer applies to you as well except it didn't yep I wonder what Booker T the wrestler's doing, dude. Being fucking cool. I got a rule. Do you know that he beat a whole bunch of people up backstage? Apparently he could scrap. Hell yeah. He beat up Dave Batista. I believe it. Yeah. Kicked the shit out of him. He's fucking jacked, man. Yeah. And an animal. 
Booker T yeah. ruled, dude. Yeah, he was one of my favorite wrestlers when I was a kid. Yeah, he was the one of the most entertaining of our generation. Yeah. He's one of the guys. It was like Booker T, DDP, yeah. uh, Austin. Yeah, The Rock. Yep. May 30th, 1921, Memorial Day. Allegedly sometime after 4 p.m., 19-year-old Dick Rowland, a black shoeshiner employed at a Main Street shoeshine parlor, entered the only elevator of the nearby Drexel building at 319 South Main Street to use the top floor restroom, which was restricted to black people. He encountered Sarah Page, who was a 17-year-old white elevator operator. The two probably knew each other on site. This building was the only one nearby with a restroom, which Roland had expressed permission to use. And the elevator operated by Page was the only one in the building. A clerk at Renberg's, a clothing store on the first floor of the Drexel, heard what sounded like a woman's scream and saw a young black man rushing from the building. The clerk went to the elevator and found Paige in what was said to be a distraught state. Thinking she had been assaulted, he summoned the authorities. The 2001 Oklahoma Commission final report notes that it was unusual for both Roland and Paige to be working downtown on Memorial Day when most stores and businesses were closed. A common explanation often offered is that Dick Roland tripped as he got onto the elevator and tried to catch his fall by grabbing Sarah Page's arm, then she screamed. Although police questioned Page, no written account of her statement has ever been found. However, the police determined that what happened between the two teens was nothing less than an assault. The authorities conducted a low-key investigation rather than launching a manhunt. Page told the cops that Roland had grabbed her arm and nothing more and would not press charges. Regardless of whether the assault had recurred, occurred, Roland had reason to be scared. At the time, such an accusation alone put him at risk for attack by angry moms of white people, so he fled to his mother's house in the Greenwood neighborhood. On the morning after the incident, Henry Carmichael, a white detective, located Roland on Greenwood Avenue and detained him. Roland was initially taken to the Tulsa City Jail at 1st and Main. Later that day, Police Commissioner J.M. Atkinson said he had received an anonymous call threatening Roland's life. He ordered Roland be transferred to the more secure jail on the top floor of the Tulsa Courthouse. Roland was well known among attorneys and other legal professionals within the city, many of whom knew Roland through his work as a great shoeshiner. An addition of the Tulsa Tribune placed Roland as a monster. It hit the streets shortly after 3 p.m. on the same day, and soon news spread of a potential lynching. By 4 p.m., local authorities were on alert, and white residents began congregating at the Tulsa County Courthouse. By sunset around 7.30, several hundred white residents assembled outside the courthouse, and they appeared to have the making of a lynch mob. Sheriff McCullough was terrified. He placed several armed guards to protect Roland, but that had little effect. The sheriff disabled the elevator and told his cops to shoot anyone on sight. He tried to address the mob, but was, here's the quote, hooted down. And you see where this all picked up at. I would love to hoot a motherfucker down. You see where it all picked up at is once the Tribune got involved. Yes, the media. So it's, it, we gotta get it. We gotta get those motherfuckers. They don't need jobs. They're still doing it. Yeah. Still up to the same shit. Dude. I love when one gets fired for sucking dick and just goes to the social media to complain about it. And people are just light them up. That's always some of the best lighting ups. Oh, yeah. This is a good light-up, too. Yeah. I'm getting honked, dude. We got 30 beers we got to get through. We've probably only had, like, 10 so far. Yeah. Uh, bagged. <laughs> You're not feeling it? Oh, yeah, space-bagged. Oh, I'm feeling it. 
not bad, though. Around 8.30, three white men entered the courthouse, demanding that Roland be turned over to them. Although vastly outnumbered by the growing crowd on the street, Sheriff McCullough turned the men away. A few blocks away on Greenwood Avenue, members of the black community gathered to discuss the situation at a local hotel. Given the recent lynching of Belton, a white man accused of murder, they believed that Roland was at great risk and they were determined, determined to protect him. Young World War I veterans prepared for battle by collecting guns and ammunition. Older, more prosperous men were afraid a confrontation would cost their business. Having seen the armed black citizens, some of the more than 1,000 white people who had gathered had been ordered at the courthouse to go home and get their own guns. Others headed to the National Guard Armory on 6th Street and North Fork Avenue where they planned to arm themselves. The mayor at the armory had learned of the mob and took measures to prevent the takeover of the armory by the mob. National Guard members flexed and scared the mob away with no problem. The courthouse, the crowd had swollen to nearly 2,000 people now, many of them armed. Holy shit. Yeah. Several political leaders tried to calm the mob and attempted to drive them home with little to no effect. Several small groups of armed black men ventured towards the courthouse in cars, partly for recon and partly to demonstrate that they were prepared to take necessarily necessary action to defend Roland. Many white men interpreted these actions as a black uprising and became incest. Eyewitnesses reported gunshots presumably fired into the air increasing in frequency throughout the evening. Rumors in Greenwood began to fly, in particular a report that whites were storming the courthouse. In response, a second group of 100 armed black men decided to go to the courthouse and offer their support to the sheriff, who declined their help. According to a witness, a white man is allegedly to have told one of the armed black men to surrender his pistol. When the man refused, a shot was fired. That first shot may have been accidental, may have been meant as a warning, but it was a catalyst for an exchange of gunfire. The gunshots triggered an immediate response. What? The gunshots? I can't help it, dude. I've been drinking, and I got to pee real bad. I'm just going to pause it and pee real quick. All right. The gunshots triggered an immediate response by the white mob, many of whom had fire on the black people. The white people then fired back at the white people. The first quote-unquote battle was said to last just a few seconds. But it took a toll. Ten whites, two black people lay dying on the street or already dead on the street. The black men who had offered to provide security retreated towards Greenwood, resulting in a rolling gunfight. Which even though the reasoning is all wrong and bad, that's pretty cool. A rolling gunfight on the move. Shooting at people in cars, that's fun. Like multiple people shooting at each other in cars? At each, yeah. Car warfare, that's fun. That's right. Yeah. As long as everybody knows what they're getting into. <laughs> yeah. You know? The armed white mob pursued the black contingent towards Greenwood, with many stopping to loot local stores for additional weapons and ammunition. Along the way, bystanders, many of whom were leaving a movie theater after a show, were caught off guard by the mobs and fled. Panic set in as the mob began firing on any black people in the crowd. God damn it. The white mob also shot and killed at least one white man in the confusion. Some of those lynch mobs were deputized by police and instructed to go get a gun and get an N-word. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, this is the problem. is They like went to fight off the mob originally. Yeah, and then black people from Greenwood, which they got placed in by white people, offered to help because the sheriff was saying, you can't come in here, you can't do this. They came for backup, turned them away, and now this is where we're at. They get deputized. 
Around 11 p.m., members of the National Guard unit began to assemble at the armory to organize a plan to subdue the rioters. Several groups were deployed downtown to set up guard at the courthouse, police station, and other public facilities. Members of the local American Legion joined in on patrols of the streets. The forces appear to have been deployed to protect the wider districts adjacent to Greenwood. The National Guard rounded up numerous black people and took them to the convention hall on Brady Street for detention. At around midnight, white rioters again assembled outside the courthouse. It was a smaller group, but more organized and determined. They shouted chants in support of a lynching. When Terry attempted to storm the building, but the sheriffs and the deputies turned him away again, that was the end of the night. And that's where we'll stop this week's podcast. This is a two-parter because as crazy as it is, I'm a little honked for one. For two, it's a good stopping point because you had the one shootout you had gunfire going on through the streets, a mob reorganizing and trying to take over, make this lynching happen. Mob mentality is never good. Yeah. Never good. And well, I think the thing that's so scary about this, too, is that we're on the verge. Well, we've been on the verge for months. Well, that's why I wanted to do this particular yeah. episode, just to illustrate the danger that can happen. When no matter what side you're on, you allow your train of thought to be disrupted by a group of people's train of thought. Even sometimes if it's the right train of thought, you still need to exist. Not, not that this was. Let's make that clear. Yeah. You need to stop and examine the situation and always let your own perspective get in the mix. Don't let yourself get caught up and swept away. And a group of people thinking, like, listen, if you're a racist, I don't like you. You're too stupid to live. But if you're someone that's out there and you've gotten yourself in a situation that you know is wrong. And your brain is now being manipulated by a larger group. We're here to help for sure. Sure. I would, here's the thing, man, it was with like most of these people, if you take the time to talk to them instead of violence, because violence pretty much solidifies their ideas of what's going on in the world. Waco is the best example of that that I could give anybody. If you are listening to some crazy bullshit and someone tries to beat you up for it, part of the crazy bullshit you're listening to is that people are going to beat you up for it. It's, It's in the Bible. Yeah, it's that is one of the classic mind control techniques. That's why the Bible's like all this crazy shit's going to happen until Jesus comes back. You're going to be persecuted just like Christians have been persecuted for forever to give you that edge where it's like they're persecuting me. This is true. Yeah. But, you know, it's like if you're here's the thing, as I was telling my wife about this, somebody she was talking about somebody at work she had hired and that these people think that she was like. Uh, Trump supporter, but they didn't know, and so they don't want to even try to like get to know her, you know. So it was they like thought your wife was a Trump no, supporter, no, no, no. Oh. somebody she had hired, oh. and I was like, okay, so so what does that mean? That doesn't mean shit. It's like so she might be like right wing as a person. That doesn't mean she's shitty, you know. So it's like you need to be able to talk to her on common ground. There might be a common ground, and then like you grow from that relationship. Now people are too hardcore about it, and there are some white power people that are. F- like they're in, they're down to fight and they're down to do whatever. And those people, as we've talked about beforehand, will fuck you up. You can get your fucking ass kicked. You can go ahead and inbox us, set up an appointment to get some fucking hands anytime. But if you're, if you're well, not, no one has because they're weak. And I know yeah, for a fact yeah. that uh, I know for a fact that that Billy Roper guy. I know a couple of people sent him that episode. Good, good for sure. Yeah. But this is the type of coward that someone like Billy Roper. Well, he's just a fat fuck eating. It Cheetos. also got sent to the Operation Werewolf guys. The, here's the problem with people yeah. like that: is one, when you call their bluff, and you're essentially what they're going for. Like if me and you decided to say, 
we're white nationalists or try to sneak it in and subvert it like Operation Werewolf does, we'd be the leaders. Well, yeah, but the, the other thing is, too, is that we're pretty hardcore about shit, you know? So it's like we're, we're extremists. Sure. And I'm not talking about, like, some fundamental extremist shit. It's like whatever we get into, we're extreme about it. And if we're talking about whooping people's asses on either end of the spectrum, if we were white nationalists, what do you think we would do? I don't think – I don't – there's too many people that are scared of confrontation on either side. Yeah. We're not. You know, so it's if, – if we No, were, but the point I'm making yeah. is that – I said it in a weird way. The point I'm making is that what someone – like the Operation Werewolf people wish that they were, were us. I think, in a way. Not so much us in particular, but they want to be strong. They want to know how to fight. But they're on, like, the lower end of it. Yeah. But they preach a message that they're experienced. They're, they're not. Like, the guy in charge has not had any MMA fights. He's like a blue belt. He's not very strong. He does bodybuilding. He's whack. Yeah. And then the Billy Roper guy is a fat fuck. Not doing shit. Not doing shit. I would love to get my hands on that fat motherfucker, man. Well, it would be a three-second fight. Yeah, but I mean, it would be, but I would just... He deserves it. Yeah. But he knows. I mean, that's the thing. Is like, and, and that guy, that Billy Roper guy, acts hard. Acts like he's a threat, like his friends are a threat. These are all people that are fat, smoke... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those we things. show up there, dude. It's just when you put all that together... You're not, you don't have the physical prowess of somebody that poses a threat. But they act like that they're this dominant force and that people should be afraid when they show up. Well, it's just, did we start showing up to places like that? I'm fine with it. Uh, let's do it. With a picture of black Jesus having <laughs> sex with white Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, but that's, that's also. On both sides, what they're looking for is a reaction. And we are giving it to them, but not so severely. I mean, it's in, you know, whatever. A lot of these Point people is, are getting punched out and shit like that is because they like Donald Trump. And it's like, no, everybody likes Donald Trump is racist. No, I don't think so either. I, think, I think that they, yeah. I think a lot of people that like Donald Trump are just, the, the, they're misled. They're misled, but it's also like low tier. I mean, they're like new metal fans. Yeah, they think that they're like a counterculture, but the, it. So think about the kids in your high school, right? You when you were in high school, you already knew about good metal. You knew that there was an entire catalog of music to listen to that would never be played on the radio. But people that had only heard Corn, Rob Zombie. They thought that that was like against the mainstream. I mean, these are millionaires. Millionaires that are getting platinum records. Sure. But there was people that thought that they were on the outside of society because they liked it. Yeah. Even though that's the most, po like Corn was the most popular band in the world. Yeah. And people would be like, oh, I'm not like you. I like Corn. Well, that's high school mentality. But I think that type of person is a Donald Trump type of person. Yeah. Where they don't know enough to know that if you're like a if you're like a small government right wing person, you need to look into anarchy. You need to look into the barter system. You need to look into self governing people. In your mind, Donald Trump's like outside of, of government, which is not true. That's what he said, but that's not what he did. No, I mean, he started out as a Democrat, but once he knew that he could get more votes as a Republican, he did that. But the yeah. point is that those, those are people that think that they're being edgy, you know? Yeah. But they're just, it's like, do you, do you remember TRL? Sure. So you had like 50% loved in sync of Britney Spears. 50% love corn and Eminem. And they would start pitting problems with each other in their songs when they would come on TRL. That's what politics is. Politics is TRL. But they're both in the music industry, and it's the same goddamn shit. Sure. You know, that's the thing. 
But so, but anyway, it you know, saying that someone that likes Trump is racist is fruitless. Yeah. Anyway, media is the problem. We're gonna get like as this goes on, it gets worse and worse. And then the most disgusting part to me, which we'll definitely get more in depth with next week, is just how much it's been covered up. Yeah. People don't want the truth out ever. But the fact of the matter is black people have gotten a shit shake in this country for forever. Even today. And we'll I'll guarantee I'll get some shitty message like, hey man, black people aren't treated worse today. That's happened already before. Like sure. you think that they're victims, like <laughs> that's not, I'm not trying to portray people as victims, but People just don't get the same start. I had a bad start. Yeah. Somebody made a good point the other day about the all lives matter thing was like, all lives matter is like, if your house is burning down and somebody comes outside and says, all houses matter, it's the same shit. Though the best one was, if you're fucking a girl and you're like, is this dick good? And she's like, well, all dicks matter. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, also good is that Terminal Nation has a new album coming out next week called uh, Holocene Extinction. And uh, I picked a song off that, and uh, they went ahead and let us use it. And that song is entitled Terminal Nation Cognitive Dissonance. Uh, make sure you go to 20 Bucks Spin and pre-order that if you haven't already. It comes out Friday, next Friday. Uh, really fucking awesome, man. So, or I think it comes out this Friday, actually. So, yeah, this yeah. Friday. Yeah, twenty bucks spin puts out good shit. Termination is that good shit. Look into it, buy it. We will be back next week with the conclusion of the Tulsa race massacre. Bye, bitch. Yeah.